Good day, everybody. Welcome to Uncensored Advice for Men. My name is Josh. On today's show, we're going to have a conversation with my pastor, who's also my friend, Mr. Jabin. Jabin, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing? I'm freaking awesome, man. All right, so uh, you have this topic that you and I have been talking about, and you've actually helped me uh, open my eyes in a few areas of my life, uh, talking about the insecure man. So uh, what sayeth you, sir? Ah, the insecure man, uh, an issue I'm so glad I don't personally have to deal with anything like that at all. Uh, no, I'm kidding, of course. Uh, we, we all have insecurities. We, that's the one thing that's funny about living in this world. I do think it's funny because I think a lot of guys try to pretend like they don't. Uh, no, we all have insecurities. We all have things in our lives that we need uh, someone or something to kind of help us shore it up, you know, uh, whether that be in your marriage, whether that be with your kids. Uh, if you're single out there in the job world, whatever it is, like you, you want to walk into a building, you want to walk into every area of your life and feel secure. Uh, don't you agree? I mean, aren't you, aren't you uh, the most secure person I know? Oh gosh, no! I'm really good at faking it. <laughs> That's, uh, I have. If if people knew, like I, I stay awake at night and I'm just going through all my things, and I'm like, I have to constantly remember. Uh, probably what we'll talk about today, but I'm I'm so insecure. <laughs> I, I'm one of the worst, man. I am. Well, we all we all do, man. I mean, we're living in a world that tears you apart. We're living in a place that, as a guy, even just think about it. I mean, how many different things are guys supposed to be nowadays? You know, you're supposed to be uh, everything from tough to sensitive, you know, and and, and everything in between. And um, you're supposed to have all the answers. Supposed to be able to fix it all. And basically, uh, we are supposed to be the superheroes that our families need and people want. Uh, and yet on the inside, right, there are many days that we're looking for someone to save us. We're saying, hey, uh, who's going to come save me? Um, and I think that's what's interesting. I think, I think we were designed to feel something uh, that only God can fulfill. Uh, I think we were designed, um, well, to fit in a certain way. And, and I think that relationship that I think most people don't realize, because uh, we're all kind of coming into this realization together, um, that really, what if, what if what we've heard from the church and what if what we've heard about God over the past 500 years or a thousand years or however far back you want to go, what if all of that has actually helped play into the insecurities that, that men feel? Like, what if, what if the way we've understood God, like the way that we see him, the way that we interpret the things he has said, the way that we read scripture, the way that we, you keep hearing that we in there, what if we are the problem? <laughs> what if we are our worst enemies? And we have created an insecure space to live in um, that God is not a part of. Uh, have you ever have you ever had feelings like that from being a part of the church and uh, things like that? That sometimes sometimes that doesn't quite feel like it lines up with what you would think God would be like. Yeah, I mean, in youth group growing up, uh, I swore that I would never have sex, I would never look at porn, I would never drink. Pretty much, I would never go to college is what they were asking me not to do. But uh, and then when you did any of the the above or the Ten Commandments or the thirty thousand rules that they put on you, you know, like they make you feel shameful or you know maybe not intentionally. But I grew up constantly going back to God, going, "Hey, forgive me again for that." You know, fill in the blank. You know? Yeah, sure. And it's and that, that's still predominantly taught in the church. You know, is that repentance is the idea. Uh, that you should feel sorry, that you should feel bad, uh, and that you should do some kind of 180 from what you currently were doing and change, you know, and hey, if, if we're basing things off the Latin, if we're basing things off the English understanding of what that word meant, then you can read the Bible. And as a perfect example, you can read the Bible and believe that what, when you're talking about repentance, 
uh, that the idea is for you to feel insecure. The idea is for you to actually feel like I messed up, like that was the point of it. Like what if repentance had nothing to do with that? Like what if it had everything to do with you changing your mind about who you really are? Like what if the idea wasn't feeling bad about being a child, uh, but instead uh, realizing you are a child uh, and letting God grow you up? So, you know, one of the things that's interesting, I'm a parent, uh, I have three kids. And I can tell you this quarantine, for example, has pressed uh, all the buttons. We, we've, 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 we've really seen what we're made of during this. Uh, and uh, I can tell you, I, I have a lot of room to grow uh, as a dad and a husband and a lot of things. But, but in this area, what's fun is, is that uh, I've had a lot of opportunities to sit down and talk with my kids and have relationship and have this kind of one-on-one uh, -on -one time that maybe during the normal time we don't have. And what I've discovered is, is that as a parent, I think I want my kids to be adults. Like, I mean, I'm sure we all feel that way to some degree, but I forget their kids sometimes. I mean, you got kids. Do you ever expect your kids to be like, you're supposed to be perfect. Uh, I've told you this already three times, so there shouldn't be a fourth time, right? Yeah, I almost beat them this morning, man. I'm, I, my patience is like so like thin right now, man. It's because they're always around. Even when I'm on this call, like I, they're probably staring at me through the windows, you know? <laughs> yeah, I was on a call earlier. I was on a staff meeting call earlier and everyone in the, in, the, in the Zoom meeting is all laughing behind me. And I'm like, what is going on? And sure enough, one of my kids is behind me poking through the window, you know, making sure to draw all attention to himself. Uh, and so the, the point is, is that during all of this, you know, what's been interesting is, is that uh, I've had severe moments of frustration and yet I've had severe moments of like, oh, wow, God, you just showed me something. And one of the things he showed me was, is, Javen, it's so weird that you're expecting your son to be an adult. Like, like what is wrong with you, man? And like, and you know that as a dad, and again, it's not that we should beat ourselves up too much. It's really just the thing of, oh yeah, right. You're a child, like a child is learning. Like that's the whole point of them being in this stage. You're supposed to make mistakes. You're supposed to create an environment as a dad, right? Where, hey, go make all the mistakes and I'll help fix it all. And yet as dads, we know uh, that we, we fail that <laughs> regularly. Uh, do you ever have to give yourself grace, Josh? Do you ever have to, uh, forgive yourself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right before this call, I was, <laughs> I was getting pretty frustrated with, uh, with my dad. So it's like, I'm getting frustrated with my kids. I'm getting frustrated with my dad. He's getting frustrated. I'm sure we're all just like in this heap of mess of everybody being insecure and frustrated with each other. Yeah. And I think, and I think you just touched on it. And I think that's the key. And what I'm trying to get at is it's funny because really in this moment where I'm getting mad at my kid, right? Or really in this moment where I'm getting mad at like how my world has been changed and shifted and I'm having to do things, it's really just insecurity. It's really just me saying, in this moment, I don't feel secure that what I'm doing is doing a good enough job to teach my son what he needs. Like really, when I really get down to it, if I'm being honest, when I'm getting frustrated, it's sort of at me too, right? It's sort of that I don't feel like I've done the right, like I must not have conveyed this to you, son. You're not seemingly getting it. And so if I were to use that as like an opportunity to kind of jump into this, um, what's interesting to me is, is that uh, God is so much different than we are as, as men, as fathers, as husbands, as all those things. And yet we, we see those comparisons with him. In fact, scripture often even uh, makes those comparisons for us and, and the, the calls us, uh, well, the bride of Christ, which can be a little confusing uh, for, for us guys, I guess. But uh, but, but you can be basically all these different things that we see in our world here and yet, um, it not be a perfect comparison. So for example, uh, God calls us his children. 
What does that mean to you, Josh? Like when you think about being a child of God, like what does that mean to you? I mean, my, my littlest child poops her pants. <laughs> I don't necessarily <laughs> do that, but we do cause a lot of mess, right? Yeah. Well, and the funny thing is, is that so, okay. So as a dad, you know, when we're thinking about our heavenly father and we're thinking about God, uh, what you think about him, right? What you believe about God, what you, what you believe his tone of voice sounds like, what you believe when he's looking at you, what he sees, all of that, we can sometimes, well, I think probably more often than not, we can take what our dad was like and substitute God out for him. And suddenly now we're in this situation where uh, if you had a real secure relationship with your dad, which I would even say, even if it was the best of the best, you're going to have some insecurity. Uh, then suddenly you might carry that into how you talk to God. So when you're sitting there talking to God and you just sat there blowing up at your kid, you know, you're thinking, Lord, I know it's time for my butt kicking. You know, I'm going to come to you now and you're probably disappointed in me as a dad. And you're probably like, my goodness, I'm glad I'm not like that. And, you know, you could hear that, even though that's not at all how God feels. And so I think that as a, as a real encouragement to us guys, like if you, if you want to be the most secure person you've ever been, um, it will only be found by receiving God's grace. Um, and let me say that with some authority. At one point in time, I was not a Christian. Uh, and I, in fact, uh, was a very insecure person. And I believe that I found security in, in this statement. I don't care. I thought that if I reached a point where I just didn't care what anyone thought, I didn't care what anyone said about me, uh, that I truly would find freedom. And I can tell you, I did find freedom. I mean, there really is a freedom in saying, man, I don't care what anyone says. Uh, and can I tell you that it took probably another 10 years or so before I'd finally realized that I traded one insecurity for another. I, I traded the insecurity of trying to be someone else for the insecurity of saying, I don't care to be like anyone else. Uh, those are both insecures, uh, insecure thoughts. And so the cool thing about what God does, when you, when, you, when you go back and you look at what he reveals about what he is like as a dad, um, well, he gives us this picture of what he's like, because he knows that we can't even fathom God as a father. I mean, Josh, just to you, I mean, as you think about trying to describe God to somebody, would if without Jesus's help, would you ever have a thought to explain him as a dad? And why wouldn't you want to just maybe explain him as a dad? Well, I think a lot, like when you're in, in, in Sunday school, church growing up you know we, we pull out the green felt boards and you know here's here's the beautiful animals and and then here comes you know here comes the rain and the you know god wipes out the face of the earth and you know like everybody dies and oh reset and then you know the old testament we learned that and then here comes this jesus who loved them and who said no kids yeah. come to me and someone hit him and instead of you know calling <laughs> fires of lightning out of his eyeballs you know he just turns his other cheek and we're that'd like, be pretty what? sweet though i mean i gotta say like i don't want yeah. jesus to strike people down and stuff but like he had lightning coming out of his eyeballs but i guess the bible does describe <laughs> him in these powerful ways right i mean he's so big he can hold a star in his hand i mean john when he sees him passes out because he can't even believe what he's seeing so yeah you're right and i think that that's the thing is if you imagine going to your dad and maybe i mean look i just had a situation this past uh weekend where uh my son was trying to explain something to me one way i heard it in one way I responded horribly. And he was like, dad, that's not what, in other words, you're punishing me and I didn't even do anything wrong. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And so it's easy when I go to God to feel like I need to explain myself. Like, hey God, let me, 
I, I know I blew it, but let me, let me tell you what happened. And, and God's like, man, look, this is the crazy part is that when you, when you look at Jesus, like you just said this, like he gives us Jesus. So the Bible actually says this. Let me, let me find this scripture real quick. Uh, he says in John, um, John is trying to write about Jesus, uh, John the apostle. John got to walk with Jesus. In fact, John was the apostle. In case you are not familiar with the Bible at all, uh, Jesus had these disciples. They're like his best friends. They walked with him. Uh, through everything. And one of them, his name was John. And John seemed to really get the heart of Jesus. Like we're, we all have our strengths. Some of us are good with numbers. I'm not good with numbers. Like I, I was not Matthew who was the disciple that took care of like keeping track of numbers. Uh, uh, no, I would have been like John. Like, like John, when they're sitting at the table, he was the one that wanted to lean his head on Jesus. Like, he, I mean, that's weird, right? Like if I'm in the middle of eating dinner and some dude's laying on me and be like, hey man, I'm trying to eat my dinner here, but I love that. Like that shows like that, that shows how close they were. I mean, John loved him. And so when John's writing this, this, this letter, he's trying, or this gospel, this good news, uh, he's trying to explain what Jesus is like. And he's like, look, there could be these two dudes sitting on a zoom call 2000 years from now, having a podcast. I want to tell you what Jesus is like. And so he explains him and he says this, he goes, look, uh, Jesus is, is uh, uh, we, we actually discovered that when we saw him, we were looking at the father. And so, and so Jesus is the one who really pushes this point home. He goes, look, the reason why humanity is insecure, the reason why you guys are, you're, you're trying everything from religious ideas to law, to rules, to regulations, to, I mean, look, and we still live in that land today, right? We live in a country that literally prides itself on, we are a rule of law type of country. Like we, and, and, and you have to have that in a society that will not love each other well. You're going to have to have some laws. But at this time, Jesus is showing that the relationship that you and God has is not based upon rules and regulations and laws. It's based upon love and love alone. And so John, here's this apostle of love, if you will, talking about Jesus. And he describes him this way. And he says, uh, after Jesus had done all these incredible things, he, uh, Jesus actually says this himself. He says, look, um, let me find it real quick. He says, I'm the bread of life. And he says, um, he talks about his dad as a father. And then he says this, he goes, before me, he says, I, I have come to reveal the father. In other words, what he's saying is, is that uh, if you understand the Christian faith at all, there are, we, most of us believe at least that, that, uh, that, the, 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 that God is made up by three parts. He's God, the father, the son, and, and, and the spirit all kind of into one. And, and so the cool part is, is that God in trying to reveal what he is like, he says, I'm going to show you that number one, I'm a dad. And if you want to know what kind of dad I'm like, you want to know what kind of love I'm like, he goes, here's Jesus. And he shows us Jesus. Josh, what is the, 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 the biggest thing about Jesus that you just love? Like what is like, when you look at Jesus, as John is saying, you're seeing God, like what's the thing about him that you go instantly? That's the first takeaway. Oof. I think how he, he ignores what the world says he should be. And he just hmm. says, no, this is what I am. Uh, like if you look at what the Pharisees, the Pharisees were walking around. Now, if I get this wrong, am I kicked out yeah. of the church? Yes. Yes. Okay, cool. You have to give twice <laughs> as much next week, but that's fine. No, just kidding. <laughs> okay, perfect. So he, you know, Jesus is walking around and, and they're saying, you can't heal that guy on Sabbath. You know, you're, or you can't forget this guy's sins or how come you don't do And they're like, why aren't you following the freaking rules? You need to be a better rule follower. And he, and he's just like, and he just, a lot of times he ignores them or he calls them. I think, I think in that time it might've been a cuss word. He calls them broods of vipers, right? Like, yeah, it ain't good. A bunch of snakes. 
Yeah. yeah. If, you're, if you're a priest, <laughs> that's, that's not exactly what you want to be called. Uh, yeah. You know, I think you bring up a really interesting point. I think that one of the things that we often miss, uh, okay, when you hear this word grace, you know, uh, I'm a pastor of a church called Grace Church. It's a very generic name in the Christian world. And yet it means something so profound that most Christians miss it. Like that's the irony of the whole thing. So uh, Grace Church, this word grace, it comes from this Greek word. That, uh, it's it's uh, charis or charis. And it, and it, and it means uh, God's favorable inclination towards you. Okay, it's, it's kind of a word. It's hard to understand in English in some ways because we don't speak this way. But essentially, if I could paint a picture that we've already been using this entire time, it is a father leaned into his son, like focused fully, not on his phone. He's got ideas for the day. He's fully engaged in blessing his child. Like, like that's grace. And if you can imagine this, if, if God is love, as John would say, John says, God is love itself. Like this is the purest form of love, unconditional love, not like human love. This love is totally different. So if you, if you think of God as love, then it only makes sense that when, that when he wanted to manifest something for us to see, like if I'm going to show them what I am like, well, the problem is, is if, you, if you just try to create love, if you just try to create many different things, I believe we could have extrapolated other truths from what Jesus came to show us. Jesus didn't come to just show us a bunch of truths, right? He went to a cross and then he rose again. He, he, he was here for something much bigger than just making people better people and, and, and cleaning up the mess. He, he came to give us an entirely new way to see and understand and live and walk and have relationship with God. That's something that you can't, that's not a rule thing. That's not a new book that you're going to follow. That's a relationship that you're going to have. And if you look all the way back to the very beginning, why did God do any of this? It was for you and me. It was because he's so inclined towards you. He had this thought, Ephesians says. Ephesians says that God thought of you before anything ever happened. And the thought of you being adopted by him or receiving his love made God so excited that he, he went through with the whole thing. You know, I think um, when you think about grace, when you think about this inclination, this favorable position that God has toward you, I think um, that this is how, this is why it's so hard for men, especially I think, but women as well, of, of course, but, but if we're talking about men and their insecurities and the way that we approach leadership and the way that we do things, uh, we typically lead with strength in, in the sense of uh, be it power, okay, of some way, like, hey, I've got an authoritative position, I've got a title or I've got whatever. And I love that what God shows as strength is Jesus on a cross. He says, you wanna see what actual strength looks like? It is a man naked, hanging from a tree, uh, who is God, by the way, and could get, come off this at any time. But he demonstrates what true manliness looks like. He de demonstrates what true love looks like, what true security looks like. I mean, <laughs> sorry. All right. Um, yeah, you were like digging into it. All right. So yeah. what true what true yeah so so, um, so this is what security looks security. like right is 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 here here he is i mean like think about you or me hanging on naked on a cross and and by the way you're god at any time you can just step right on off you can call angels down you can do all of this and yet scripture says he was a lamb being led to the slaughter like, that's true security is truly knowing who you are to the point that even when the world says like look at the failure of a mess you are 
you can look at them and say, you don't even know the half of it. Like, this is not me. Like, like my life encompasses so much more than my successes and my failures and my ups and my downs because of one word called grace. And so John, when he, when he fully uh, explains all of this, he, he ends up writing in, in uh, John chapter one, he, he says that, look, when we saw Jesus, when we saw into the one that God said, this is how I'm going to let you know what I'm like. Like, I'm going to show you my son. You know, the apple did not fall far from the tree. Like, this is me. Uh, and, I, and I love that when he shows us this, John says that what we saw was grace and truth. Now, unfortunately, in the church, those two words, you know, hey, we, we have it in English, you know, and we understand things in the English way. And so when I hear the word truth, Josh, what's the first thing you would think of normally when you hear that word truth? The rules. This is the law. I want the truth. Give me the Courthouse. truth, man. Yes. Yeah. Give me the, give me the, it's, you know, there's, there's only one truth. Well, that's sort of true, uh, but not in the way that we typically think. When you look into this word in the Greek, this word truth means reality. So, I mean, you and I can understand that if I'm saying something is true, it can't get any more true than what is actually real. Well, I have perceptions though, right? And as we know, perceptions can become our realities. You can look in the mirror as a man and see things in a way that God doesn't. You can see failure and God doesn't see that. Okay, so perceptions can feel very real to us. And so when Jesus came, he didn't come to reveal a perception to you. <laughs> he said, no, base your perceptions on this. And this is Jesus. And so when John, he continues to write in, first, uh, in John chapter one, he says, look, when we saw Jesus, we saw that he was grace or full of grace and from his fullness, the Bible says, which means from what he is absolutely overflowing full of was grace. And what did he give us but grace? It's grace upon grace scripture is the way it's written in scripture. So the cool part is here is that if we properly understand God as a father, he's not like us as dads. And if we properly understand God as a father and he showed us Jesus so that we see what that is, uh, we see a very secure man <laughs> hanging on a cross, more concerned with love being demonstrated to us that we might receive healing his, his favor towards us. He was more secure in all of mission and all of that. Then he was insecure in all of our feelings and all of our hatred and all of our, uh, this is not making any sense to us, God. God, so we're going to attack it. God says, okay, here's my love. And I, and I think that when you look at Jesus, again, I, I've never met a person to this day. And I've done a lot of street evangelism and a lot of work in other countries. And I've never met a person yet who hates Jesus. Like, yeah, if you're, if maybe they're demonically, you know, all out in left field or whatever, maybe they're saying things, but I've never met somebody who honestly hates Jesus. I mean, Josh, what is, what is something somebody who doesn't know Jesus could even hate about? He takes away the power from us being able to do it ourselves or the church being able okay. to do it or the government being able. So he just, he breaks wrong authority, I guess, or wrong power. Yeah, I mean, for those of us that love to get our hands dirty, you know, uh, he says, I already got mine dirty for you. Uh, and for, for us yeah. to rest in that's not easy. Um, you know, yeah. I don't know about you. Uh, I, I had a situation one time where I uh, had the opportunity to either be fair or gracious. Uh, and I think that many of us, well, let's be honest, all of us are given that chance every single day to be fair or to be gracious. Now, many, of course, when you hear that word gracious, we'll only hear merciful or like, uh, 
hey, you were, you gave me a grace when I, I didn't deserve it. That's not what that word means as we've been talking about. And so if you really see it as favor, okay, someone being favorable towards you, uh, well, if you ask the question, here's a question for you. Uh, would you rather work for a fair boss or a graceful boss? Let me let you answer that. Oh, <laughs> graceful. I'd take that. This is winning the lottery, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, listen, a fair boss, uh, you'd be surprised at how many of us would prefer to work for someone fair. We would find security, if you will, in fairness, because, hey, if I worked this many hours, I should get paid for what was fair. Uh, and so that's the interesting thing about God as we, as we kind of, you know, wrap up this talk of security. Uh, the idea is this, is that security is found really in love. Uh, it's when we feel loved, it's when we receive love, and we feel utterly secured by it. Uh, and the problem with earthly love is that it fails us. It's, it's, it's very insecure, even in, in the way that it's given. Uh, and so I encourage you, you know, if you find yourself suffering from insecurities, as all of us do, um, they're really the only person that can, that can shore that up in a way um, where you will not only be able to receive it and be healed from it, but also give something away in a way that's totally different. Is God truly understanding him as love, truly understanding him to the person of Jesus and grace, understand that God is so favorable towards you. And as the Bible says, we love because he first loved us. And I would say to us men, we will be secure as we receive that security from him. And then we will be able to be secure leaders and men and give that security away. Again, Jesus hung on a cross. I mean, he was never insecure about it. And you and I, if we receive that security from him, if we receive it from his favor towards us, if we see favor, you'll find yourself going, I don't feel as insecure to fight over some of these things anymore. I don't feel insecure to defend myself because he is defending me because he represents me in a supernatural way that so it goes so far beyond this world. So anyway, I, I hope, I hope it's encouraging to know that God loves you. He's for you as the Bible says, and if he is for you, then who can be against you? That's good, man. So our security is based on our belief about God and how he views us. Yep. 110% man. And in fact, everything else is just, just words. Nice. Awesome. Jaden, how can people uh, find more about you and uh, about the things you're working on? Could we share maybe a link in the show notes to the church or to your uh, personal cell phone or email? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Absolutely. I'll give you my address. Uh, hate mail and everything. No, um, if you'd love to hear more, we are a church that loves sharing about how much God loves you, how much he is for you. Uh, we don't spend any time on bad news. We focus on good news. So if you'd like to hear more, you can go to www.graceorlando.com. Uh, and that is our church website. And you can find just all kinds of resources there. Cool. Cool. So Javen, thanks for coming gosh, on the thank show. Thank you for this opportunity, man. It's been awesome. Awesome. Hey, dude, dudes uh, sitting out there. Uh, that's a good message, man. If you want to know more about uh, Grace Orlando Church and uh, the things Javen's working on, man, go to that website. We'll put that in the show notes below. Until the next one, talk to you later, fellas.